Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. I'm Mark Oppenheimer sitting in for Colin McEnroe, who is someplace warmer, we hope. Um, today's show is about vasectomies, and I'm going to start off with, with just a little story, little little vasectomy history of my own, though not what you're thinking. In the 1970s, uh, one of the big movements that, that progressives and liberals were interested in was zero population growth, and it was, it was a thing among uh, feminist men. Uh, like the circles that my dad ran in, um, to to get vasectomies. That was seen as as the honorable thing to do. Um, <clears throat> probably less because they felt that the birth control should be on them. They probably weren't that evolved as simply the fact that it was a really, really reliable way to ensure that you only had zero kids or one kids or two kids. And the great fear of the time, this was pre-acid rain and pre-climate change and the great environmental fear uh, was population growth, was that we simply were going to become unsustainable. So my father had a group of friends who formed a vasectomy pact. And the idea was that they were each going to have one child and then they were all going to get vasectomized. Uh, I mean, not 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 together. They weren't going to go in. For, they were going to go in for the operation all at once. But, you know, as a cohort, as a community of, of brothers in arms, they were going to get vasectomized. And I think there were about five of these guys. And um, and a couple of them did, two or three or, or four of them did. And one of them, uh, before too long, uh, had a second child, thus making it clear that, yeah, you know, unless something had gone seriously wrong, basically what happened was he had he had reneged on the deal. He had chickened out. And as the urban legend has it, uh, passed down in, in my family anyway, this caused a rift in the friendship between the two men. One, one of the men felt like, hey, you know, I got the snip for all of you and you didn't return the favor by getting the snip for me. And these guys were really, really on on the outs for a while. Now, a couple things to be said about this. One, uh, my dad never told me which of these friends it was. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit in the dark on that, but but he swears the story was true. And number two, my dad was never in on the vasectomy pact. And my parents went on to have um, four kids, as, as I now have four kids. But I've always been sort of intrigued um, by this idea of vasectomies and what they mean uh, po- politically as a political statement um, for people's sense of virility, manhood, for people's sense of squeamishness. And and we thought we'd do this show today with, you know, with Colin Away, We Shall Play. I'm Mark Oppenheimer sitting in for Colin McEnroe. We're going to talk about vasectomies. Here in the studio with me is uh, registered nurse midwife Lucy O'Connell. Hello, Lucy. Hello. How are you doing today? Great. And uh, she works for OBGYN's four locations in and around New Haven. Do you say it OBGYN? It's county OBGYN. County. I'm sorry. County OB. But you say all the lo- county OBGYN. And Brian Slattery is arts editor of the New Haven Independent. Welcome, Brian. Hey. And you are here because you are a vasectomite of longstanding. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a name for the tribe. But, now, <laughs> but I, you know, I, now that I'm I'm a part of it, I guess this, that's where I am. I don't know that there is. I actually, that, I coined that. I mean, there was, was my... I'm, I'm sticking with it. That I, was my coinage. I may introduce myself that way. In, in the, the Google future. Doc. And we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about vasectomies, the men who have them, the healthcare professionals who provide them. Lucy, could you just start us off? I, actually, the idea for the show, I think, was planted by you at the farmer's market about 
a year ago when you said to me, next time you host um, for Colin, you should do a show on vasectomies. Am I, am I wrong? I think you're right. Okay, so why don't you, you had a fabulous pitch as evidenced by the fact that we're all here. What was your pitch for the show? Why should, why vasectomies? Well, so I am a women's health care provider and I basically spend all day talking about birth control, whether someone comes in and wants birth control or not, I still talk to them about it. Um, and my husband decided to get a vasectomy and... Um, it was I realized how uninformed I was about the whole process of billing and 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 all of those things. And um, and I also realized um, it was not covered under the ACA. Um, o- Obamacare, Obamacare. As, as we're calling yeah. it. Right. So it was not covered under Obamacare. And in fact, no um, male uh, contraception is covered under Obamacare, only ones that women use. And so you basically, for you, the interest here is that there's a kind of sexist imbalance in that women go take control of your fertility up to a point. Men, it's not on you. That's written into the law. Right. And and not only that is that vasectomy is probably one of the best, easiest and lowest side effect um, birth control methods out there. Okay. So what is a vasectomy? So a vasectomy is simply separating the vas deferens so that semen cannot get into the... Um, into the seminal uh, fluid. So basically, still seminal fluid comes out, no sperm goes out. Okay, I'm gonna ask a real rookie question here. Brian, you look like you have a rookie question, even though no, you're- No, 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 go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm ask here a... to answer your questions. <laughs> so as, as someone who's, <laughs> who's gone down that route and survived and, and yes. thrived, so real rookie question, what happens, and I'm not the only one who has this, I confess I've been in conversations where even men who've had vasectomies don't really know, what happens to the sperm that gets thwarted in its aspiration to come out? I mean, it's the same thing as all the things that reabsorb into your body. Reabsorbs, just like all the cells that are being formed constantly in your body, they re- resorb. They re- so you don't stop making sperm. No. And the procedure is reversible, isn't reversible? It It is supposed to be permanent. There is possibility about a 50% chance that either you can get pregnant through um, basically like sperm withdrawal or or trying to do like IVF and then um, or you could also try to get it reversed surgically. But it's, you know, if you're planning on doing a vasectomy, you're planning on it being permanent. So, you know, we're reading that about 10% of men opt to reverse their vasectomies and that there's about an 80-90% chance of, of success there. I mean, w- with with your clientele, how does this conversation go when you bring up the vasectomy option? You're seeing yeah. women primarily, right? And and so how does the conversation go with them and what do they tell you about how it's gone with their husbands if they've had it? Usually, it is one of the first things I bring up on my postpartum uh, rounds when I see women with their husbands. And I talk about all the things about what to do and all the things to look out for and what's your birth control plan. And sometimes sometimes uh, the dad speaks up and says, I, I'm, I'm going to the urologist. Um, sometimes they just look at me blankly and they're like, birth control? I forgot I had to do something. It's been so long. <laughs> and so then I just bring up different options and give them their options. And I mean, and I think the thing is, is, um, as a woman, we constantly are being asked what our birth control method is. And I just asked my husband this morning, I said, have you ever been asked that by a healthcare provider? Have you? 
Like you go to you what go did, to the what primary did, what did care your husband doctor. Say? Yeah. He said, "I don't know. I don't think so. I'm not sure." Yeah, I definitely have not been asked that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me neither. I mean, my my GP is obviously aware that I had a vasectomy, <laughs> but like, but and, and I guess since then he hasn't had to ask. <laughs> but, but before then he didn't either. I, I don't I don't think he'd ever been asked to me. We're, and and I was wondering why you had me on the show, and then I was like, oh wait, this is kind of. It, it is actually, if you look it up, it's like women actually initiate the conversation. And so we're, we're talking with, with nurse midwife Lucy O'Connell and vasectomite Brian uh, Francis Slattery <laughs> about vasectomies. Um, so have you had any, are there men who are resistant to it? Do you get stories from your female patients or in that conversation you have with the couple postpartum? You know, are the, do you ever encounter men who just think, well, that's that's unmanly or I wouldn't do that or it's too scary? What's the conversation? Oh, yeah. And this is a man who has watched his child be born. Right. Which is shocking because a vasectomy is so simple. It's certainly, such a simple process. Certainly compared to childbirth. Yeah. Childbirth <laughs> is <hard. laughs> um, Brian Slattery, tell us, tell us about your vasectomy and, and really give it to us. <laughs> give it to us soup to nuts, as it were. Um, <laughs> you know, when I, did the... see, I've, I've been wondering how many puns we're just going to stumble into in the course of this show. I mean, you know, I realize we're trying to impart serious information here, but we are. It's, it's going to be. I can't even say it's going to be difficult. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, you to can say it. it, it's going to be hard. <laughs> Brian Francis Larry, tell us about your vasectomy, please. Uh, so, the, so the rationale was, um, so I think I the, assume the rationale was not to have another child. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, should I, say you have one child. Yes. Yeah, so, He's so adorable. I have, I have one child. He's adorable. And um, when, you know, the, before I was married, I, I was one of those people who didn't really feel any particular urge to have children at all. And when it came down to uh, you know, when when I got married, of course, my opinion of that had had changed. It was, in fact, like you know, one of the conversations that we had before we got married. So we knew that we were having children, and um, the question of how many and you know and what that would be, you know, we we didn't really know. It was, a, it was an open question, and um, so that you know that our 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 son Leo came came around, and you know we were crazy about him, and I guess about a year or a year and a half in. We kind of realized we were done. It was like we we're, you know, we're we're happy with what we have, and and you felt you, you peaked. Know. You weren't you weren't going to yeah, top Leo. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, we you know we just we sort of we sort of realized you know we're content here. This this is this is this is totally fine. So I think that the question of what kind of birth control, I think that the 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 idea of having a vasectomy was always on the table, and you know part of that had to do with uh, my my wife is a pediatrician, and um. When it came down to thinking about like some permanent form of birth control, uh, what it kind of came down to is that you know that her GP, who is also mine, um, was sort of concerned about the like the long term health health ramifications of that, and you know I and obviously like that so, so a vasectomy was a pretty clear choice, and it wasn't something that just I, to, just to clarify, the GP was concerned about some of the long term health ramifications of. Women of, forms of, of birth of, control that women use like, the pill, right. particularly hormonal ones. Hormonal. Yeah. I mean, as well as getting your tubes tied, which is a, a much bigger to surgery. Be, yeah. To be perfectly honest, like that sort of surgery was like out of the question for both of us. You know, we just thought like, why would you? If we, if if someone's going to get surgery, one of these is much easier than the other one, and right. you know that's <laughs> and more of, and twice as effective. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Is that so? Tubal Absolutely. ligation is much less effective than than vasectomies. So you know, when we got down to that, then it was all pretty. 
I, I, I'm just going to say these things. It was all pretty cut and dry. <laughs> <laughs> and the procedure itself, I think that uh, I, with 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 respect to to the doctors who describe how simple it is, it's 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 not a comfortable procedure, but it's also sort of over in a few days. You know, it's 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 painful and it's annoying, but you know, you sort of get over it. And uh, it's not it, it's not a procedure. Like, it's I'm actually uh, pretty impressed that so many people think of reversing it because it seems you know it's <laughs> <laughs> having had knives down there. You actually yeah. don't want them down yeah, there. Yeah, again. there's a yeah. part of me that's like you know we put a lot of thought into this decision when we made it, and it's not something I've really thought about since. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, Lucy, have you seen in your own practice as a nurse midwife? Have you seen the fruits of failed vasectomies or? Um, I've seen. Actually, through friends, but more of that is that they go to pre-op and then they never go to op, <laughs> or or people or people don't go in for their um, their semen analysis post post-op, which is very important. They have to see if it worked because you sometimes it doesn't, it worked, right? and it takes one... time because if you remember anything right. from anatomy class, is that semen is made and lasts for about ninety days, right. and unlike eggs, which are formed in the womb. Right. Can so. we can we talk about your husband a little bit? You sure. mentioned you mentioned that he had had a vasectomy. Um, when did he decide to do it? Was it and how much? What was that conversation like between the two of you? So it started when um, he was about nineteen, and I was twenty. Is that when you met? Yeah, that's okay. when we met. And he said that he thought maybe I should go off the pill, and that he could get a vasectomy and just sperm bank, and <laughs> for the future. And I said, Wait, "This was date number three, four, like we're yeah, pretty close okay. in there. We moved in <laughs> together with within six months of knowing each other. Wow. So, um, so yeah, probably right around then. Um, and he, um, I said that's crazy. And so, um, it took two kids, and then realizing that." We no longer wanted the baker's dozen, or he no longer wanted the baker's dozen that I thought he was crazy for wanting. <laughs> um, and then we got two kids, and they were certainly a baker's dozen. You know our kids. <laughs> and they're only two. Your kids are delightful and not mild. Not right? in any way. <laughs> their delight in yeah. here is in their non-mildness. Right. Yeah. We didn't want to gamble for a third because, hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, at that point, was was the deci- when you realized, okay, we're yeah. done. That yeah. doesn't mean vasectomy. That could mean any number right. of things, right? right? So, like, how does the conversation go I, then? I had had an IUD for a while, and I let it go a little long, and then Willie was like, "I'm going to get snipped because you're letting it go too long. I needed an, I needed to re up the I IUD. See. I see." So he just announced, this is on me, I'm going. And how was, what was his comfort level with it? Was there, and I mean that both physically, but also emotionally, was there any reservation about it emotionally? And Zero. Zero. He was. <laughs> zero. And in <laughs> fact, yeah, he was, he was chomping at the bit. That's not it. even a pun, but it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. One, right? We're all going to sound like puns. Now. Gonna, they are. They are. Yeah. But, um, and I guess you know, this is for you, Brian, but also for you speaking on behalf of Willie, Lucy. I mean, some men talk about it if you if you read articles that have been written about it and or if you just listen in on conversations. There's always that guy who who whether they say it overtly or not, what they're basically saying is I'd feel like less of a man if I couldn't be procreative. I'd feel less less virile. Did that. Mm-hmm. And I want you to be perfectly honest about this. Brian, like, did that cross your mind at all? Is there any smidge of that feeling? Um, no, 
and I think that the you know, I think this is one of those questions where, like, you know, you ask somebody about their vasectomy and then you learn things about them generally that, you know, probably wouldn't come up otherwise. But I'm I'm not somebody who's actually attached a lot of importance to how manly I am <laughs> ever, <laughs> you know, ever since I was a kid. In fact, you, you'll appreciate that having gone to, like, this – I grew up in this, like, hippie college town, and I went to a hippie college nursery school, and I was voted most androgynous in my nursery school by the people who – Ran it. Oh, Mazel Tov, man. That's yeah, man. Great. Yeah. So it wasn't, it, it, you know, the idea of like, but 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 I realized that I'm I'm in a very small group of people who's like that, and definitely, definitely that that question comes up, and and there are people who, like, if if they've learned that I have one, they they invariably ask that, like, do you feel like less of a man or whatever it is? Do they really? They just they come uh, right yeah, out and or like, it, 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 or they say it. They they don't say it quite that way, but that's really what they're asking, <laughs> you know. And, Part so of me I, is going like, yeah, it's just not it's not really part of the equation for me. I have some statistics for you. Please. So they're actually from the Urology Association. They've done, you know, massive research and meta-analysis. And this was some of the research that came up when I was looking into it is just basically that um, men who have had vasectomies are actually have an increased frequency and in improvement of sexual satisfaction, over half of them, whereas only 5% say that it affects it affect their uh, performance. Their performance. No, no, it it doesn't affect <laughs> it doesn't affect performance, but just that satisfaction, their satisfaction oh, their, their or desire toward it. Exactly. Yeah. So their libido right. went up. Their libido. Well, and maybe also yeah. not worrying about pregnancy also yeah. was was liberating to their libido. Exactly. We're talking about vasectomies with Brian Slattery, a, a vasectomite himself, and Lucy O'Connell, a certified nurse midwife. We will be back in just a moment. But how's it done? You make a small incision in the scrotal skin. Isolate the vas and bend. Isolate the vas and then you hold it in position with a towel clamp. Then you snip the fibrous tissue. Then you snip the fibrous tissue. Hey, you'll never have to wear a condom when you do it with your wife. Or anyone else. You want to see it? See what? section of the vas def I just cut out. Oh, vas definitely not. If it feels like I'm sewing the flesh at the base of your penis back together, that's because I am. Why do you look like a welder? You're not welding anything, are you? So why the vasectomy? I hate the rubbers. Yeah, me too. Can't feel a damn thing. Oh. Try not to give the guy a hard on, okay? That would be messy. <whistles> Looks like there's a new pope. <laughs> That's a scene from the much underappreciated uh, show Californication. Was either of you a Californication watcher? N- no. Nope. And yet, Brian, you must have been an X Files guy. Yes, I and was. Yet, and yet, you didn't stick with David Duchovny. No. For, well, what's one of the great um, vasectomy <laughs> scenes in all of of TV history? Um, and <laughs> before the break, we heard a clip from the Family Guy, the vasectomy song from the Family Guy. I'm Mark Oppenheimer, sitting in for Colin McEnroe on the Colin McEnroe Show. We're talking vasectomies with a nurse midwife from County OBGYN, uh, Lucy O'Connell. Hello, Lucy. And we're talking with uh, New Haven Independent Arts Editor Brian Slattery, who's here today not to talk about arts, but to talk about his past as a vasectomite. My past. Your past. In the future. I guess it's ongoing. So when did Andrew Giant vasectomite? (laughs) 
um, the the Californication clip seems designed to ensure that nobody ever get a vasectomy, but uh, especially if you watch it, and I, I send you all to YouTube to do that. But Lucy O'Connell, um, it actually works fairly well, right? Well, what is what is the efficacy of the vasectomy, maybe as compared to other kinds of birth control? How good is it? Okay, so it's if you look over ten years and a hundred people, so maybe there are, might be two pregnancies in 100 people who are using it. Or approximately, you can say also about one in 2,000 actually will get pregnant. Um, will impregnate it, someone yeah, will post-vasectomy. Someone. And Got that's it. more like one in one in 2,000 a year. Okay. So, um, but if you look at, there's, when you're looking at birth control, it's like people who are using it in the real world or perfect use in a lab. Um, so real world is really different. Um, mm-hmm. Vasectomy is always the same. Mm-hmm. Um, next, well, probably one other thing that's better is the Nexplanon, which isn't as common, but it's 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 a tad bit better than the um, vasectomy. Um, things like pills. Mm-hmm. If you're a pill user and you use it for 10 years, which people do all the time, about 61 out of 100 will get pregnant on the pill. Over 10 years? Over 10 years, Wow. Yes. And um, IUDs mm-hmm. um, between five and two and five and a hundred, depending on the type you choose, will um, get pregnant in ten years. So as good as a vasectomy. Um, and but, but this is all far better than than condoms. Than condoms than withdrawal. Which are ninety-one right out of a hundred will get pregnant. So that means that you have a nine percent chance of not getting pregnant. And if your and if your insurance isn't paying for it, which as you point out, right. the ACA doesn't cover, though I assume Condoms a lot of private either. plans do. I assume a lot of private plans want you yeah. not to have kids. Yes, and so, yes, right. yes. But it's complicated. But it's complicated. But if your insurance doesn't cover it, do you do you know what the cost is if you have to go and pay out of pocket at your urologist? It depends on where you go. And it depends on what type of procedure. We just had a friend who had it done in an OR under general anesthesia with an OR team, which seems <laughs> wow. a little excessive. A little excessive, right. A little excessive. I, I admit, I, though, I had I had a twinge of, like, I'm sorry I have to be awake for really? this. Really? Right. But not enough. Apparently, I'm enough of a cheapskate that I thought. And your wife gave birth, and she was awake. Absolutely. Well, also, I'm enough of a cheapskate that I thought, like, well, you know. <laughs> Do you know what the cost was, Brian? I don't, oh, I don't remember. I can say it's probably, depending on where you go, really, yeah. it should be about, $1,200. But if you get it done at a hospital or facility of a hospital, um, it can be about ten, eleven thousand dollars $11,000. Wow. And my friend, they said their bill was, they only, they didn't have to pay very much of it, but it was uh, $29,000. Insane. Insane. Oh, wow. and, but really, 1200 is is, is what it of, should be. It's yeah. what it should be at a private doctor's office. If you do it with a local and yeah. not, and not, yeah. and not a general. And now, um, am I right that they're actually looking for, I don't want to say improvements because it sounds like the vasectomy is exactly the right choice for a lot of people, right. but that they're looking for other kinds of male permanent contraceptions. Tell us about this contraceptive gel that they're testing that, that works for men. Right. That's the vasal gel. And, um, which it, makes it sound like a for women, but I know, okay, <laughs> right? Right. I don't know. Everything starts with a V. Um, so basically, it's gone through clinical trials, and it's actually from a foundation. It's not even a pharma- pharmaceutical company that's trying to make money because they basic. It's basically a foundation that um, the goal is to provide low cost care mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that pharmaceutical companies don't want to explore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, it's a gel they inject into the vas deferens, and then after 
you know, the a period of time, if you decide you want to reverse it, it can be flushed out again and then return to fertility. But it's not available. It's in the testing stage? Is it is in the stuff. I believe it's gotten through um, animal trials and that there's starting maybe clinical trials this year. They're going to need a name besides Vasogel if right. they want to sell it, know, if they want right. to sell it to men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, gel. you know, yeah. it's it's interesting as we as we programmed the show, it occurs to me in retrospect, like it would have been interesting if such a person existed to have on the kind of man who believes it's unmanly to have a vasectomy. I'm yes. not sure how you go about finding that person, but right. I think I have on two guests who think that it's perfectly that it's politically a good thing uh, for men to Think about taking this step. Think about being vasectomites, to use my coinage. Do you <laughs> did you see it as a, Brian, did you see it as a political gesture at all that you were going to be mm. the one going under the knife? Uh, no, no. Um, the and I, I, I really mean that, too. And and when the when I've talked about every once in a while, this comes up right when when the, you, it, it will somehow come up that I have that I've gotten a vasectomy. And if the other person has to, then we talk about it. And most of the time. It's really motivated by just really practical concerns. It's about like this is what you hear when you're talking with other vasectomites. Yes, yeah. this is how we speak among <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> have you yeah. been in conversations where you yes. realize like, oh, the four of us have all had vasectomies? Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I don't mean to get us off track here, but how does that start? <laughs> like, what's you what's know, the segue into was, like, dude, you too? I was just thinking to myself, I can't, I can't for the life of me remember how any of those conversations started, but they do, uh-huh. and they they really are. For for all for at least for everyone I've talked to about it, it's really just practical stuff. You know, it's this whole sort of, you know, we decided between this and this, and because I could take a few days off of work, but she couldn't take two weeks off of work, mm-hmm. we did it this way. Mm-hmm. And it it that's that's kind of as far as it goes. Like having made the decision not to have any more kids, it's just this practical thing of how do we get from one end of this to the other in the you know. The, the quickest way possible. I mean, Lucy, what about you working in the healthcare field as as a nurse midwife? I mean, do you see a political dimension to this conversation about vasectomies? Mm, what do you mean by political? Well, I mean, do you think that um, that more men should? What do I mean by political? Do you feel like it's a like a, a man who considers himself a feminist should be willing to get a vasectomy? Um, I mean. Yes. But I think also, I think the other thing, too, is that if you want a good option, and I I counsel people all the time who think they're doing great on their pills. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, the pills are good, but why don't you do an IUD? And this may be someone who's never had kids or or whatever, but I think it's also very effective. I mean, so, like, why would you say we are going to use the least effective method when there's so many better methods out mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so it's kind of a practical thing. And I would say it really depends on the guys. Like I talk to them and it happens right in the like, in the postpartum room, On honestly. And, you know, <laughs> some guys who are, you know, big dudes. I mean, my husband's a carpenter, but I wouldn't call him a dude <laughs> in any respect. Um, but some guys would... Um, would say, yes, I'm totally getting it because I am so done having kids Mm -hmm. and it is great to have kids, Mm -hmm. but we are done. Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I think that's it. It's like how many things with being a parent can you control? You can't, you can't, your kids are who they are. Things come up and, um, but one thing you can control and do a good job about Mm -hmm. is birth control. control. (laughs) It occurred to me when I was thinking about 
if you could stereotype the kind of guy who has a vasectomy, which it turns out you can't because I, I think it varies. All kinds, right? All kinds. Um, but I've actually heard two different kinds of guys who are really, really eager to riff on their vasectomies, right? And one of the guys, one type, and I'm gonna, I, I am gonna stereotype, even though that's that's inappropriate because all kinds of guys have vasectomies. But one kind of guy I've heard go on a certain riff is kind of. Um, like it's a macho riff. It's like, yeah, I got snipped at 22 because I wanted to like have as much sex as I could without having like it was part of my lifestyle. Right. And it, and his his snip is about having it's more. About yeah, it's about liberation. Yeah. It's about having to yeah. worry less to, to not commit to women. It's about like as much consequence free sex as he can possibly have. Right. Then there's another kind of guy whom I've heard riff about it, who's super sensitive all about the women's feelings. It's kind of a feminist or pro woman or pro his wife or girlfriend project. And he's like the opposite of the first kind of guy. Right. And he's a little more likely to maybe have it after a kid or two if that's part of the plan because he's partnered and so forth and so on. But then actually these are two totally incompatible stereotypes, right? And I, mean, I was recently <laughs> talking to a, um, an audio engineer I know. I happened to be doing doing some radio in the in the studio he worked in. And he was like, yeah, I got snipped at 22. I knew I didn't want kids and I was seeing a lot of ladies and that was my lifestyle. Do, mm. do you ever talk to men like that who are coming in with I mean, you're working. You're working with women yeah, who want I'm, kids, basically. Yeah, I'd never see men on their own. <laughs> you never see men. On their own. <laughs> but do you ever consult with couples who don't want children, or do you, in your oh, practice, yeah. only see them when they are pregnant, Lucy? No, 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 no. Yeah, definitely see people um, who don't want children, but usually they don't come with their husband, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or their partner. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, yeah. I mean, I we had a friend, and I I wonder in college. I wonder. He was like. That was that was his lifestyle. His lifestyle at twenty two. He he knew he never wanted kids. Yeah, and so I think it is knowing yourself. That's the most important thing, and not making mistakes or getting someone knocked up when you don't want to. I have to say, mm. and this goes back to your point a little bit, Brian Slattery, that it's interesting to me that you weren't sure that you wanted kids, and it's, I think it's yeah. hard to talk right. about. It's a little bit silly to talk about a permanent or semi-permanent measure of birth control without talking about, you know, yeah. children, right? And I always knew I wanted a bunch of kids and I never wavered and now I have a bunch of kids. I was, you know, lucky, fortunate that, you know, we were able to have a bunch of kids and we have them. You really at 20, like if someone had said to you, Brian, when you were 20, well, you, you met your now wife when you were about 20, but yeah, let's, so let's say at right. 18, right? You really were like, you would have, you would have said, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I, yes. And leaning, leaning toward probably not. Really? Yes. Oh yeah, for sure. And what would what would the thinking if you can put yourself back in eighteen year old? Oh no, yeah, Brian, for sure. Like, what would the thinking have been? Um, I think there were there were probably like two pieces to that. I mean, one one would be one would be this you know the sense of there was a sort of like why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like right. why should I? And I guess the, the coupled with that is this was a, was a sense that I probably I, I was. I, I wasn't sure how good a father I would be. You know, it was this, I, I, like, to, I like to try to be good at the things that I do. Yeah, and that, fatherhood was one of those things that didn't, you know, it occurred to me, like, I might not be very good at this. Like, I'm not, I'm not really cut out for it. You know, and that was, that, that was really more of the motivation, you know, is that I just, I just thought like, I, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd want me as a dad and, you know, that, that whole sort of thing. So that, if, if you had dug deep enough, that's what you would have come up with. Really? Yeah. You really thought I might not be that good at? Oh yeah. See, I, I just want to. 
I want to read a I want to read a letter. So Slate Slate dot com did did uh, a little um, section, a little letter section in 2012 um, from guys who had questions about um, or comments about being what they called child free, which is the more positive way of saying what we used to say childless and the childless community doesn't like that. They want to call themselves child free. So there was a letter from a man who said, dear Slate. I'm a 54-year-old man who had a vasectomy at the age of 30, although I had an uneventful childhood, not particularly happy or unhappy. I cannot remember ever wanting to be a father myself. When I was in a serious long-term relationship in my 20s, my girlfriend and I discussed possibly adopting a girl if I got if we got married. I never had any interest in sports or other typical male things and worried I would not be able to relate to a little boy, and she preferred a daughter as well. However, once that relationship ended, I quickly realized I didn't want any children at all. There were several reasons for my decision. But the main one was that I always wanted to have the freedom to change jobs. I don't hear this discussed very much, but most people don't avail themselves of professional opportunities because they don't want to be too disruptive to their children. Um, This guy goes on to say that um, he says, I am convinced that I would resent them for ruining my life once I put them first. He thinks he should put the children first, but he would resent them for it. Mm. And I you know, what strikes me is so implausible, though, I guess some men believe it, is that. is these people who say like, well, I would be I'd hate my kids for X or I'd be a terrible father. I'd ignore them. It's for me. And I'm speaking from within myself. It's so obvious looking around in the world that people attach to the children they raise. And I'm a little surprised yeah. that you didn't think, well, of course, that doesn't mean you'd want kids. Right. But I'm surprised you didn't think, well, if I had them, obviously, I'd be good at it. No, it really didn't occur to me. It it, it didn't occur to me, in fact, until the moment that the baby arrived. Were you still <laughs> did you still have doubts about it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then but then like the minute I it was one of those it was one of those really cool things. Like so I was I you know, I assisted with with uh, with the birth of my son in the sense that I was one of the human stirrups along with one of the other (laughs) nurses. Well, so we had an, an amazing midwife who like between my midwife, but not my midwife, between my wife and the midwife, excuse me. Um, you know, the, the two of them like were this extremely powerful unit and me and a nurse just, you know, I had, I had heard, I was on her, her, I guess it would be her right leg stage left, (laughs) 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 you know, and I remember like, you know, I was, I was all in wanting to help her through this process, but it was still like, well, am I going to be any good at this? And then as soon as, as soon as I saw my son, that. All of those doubts, more or less, went you away. actually you had a quasi-religious exp- one of those experiences, well, and well, and then then there was this was that the, the night that night my you know, of course Steph was completely exhausted and was asleep, and I was in the I was in the room with um I was in the room and my son Leo woke up and started crying and Steph was unconscious from having right, been just, spent, just gone through just labor. spent right. yeah of course, and you know and the nurse wasn't there. And I, you know, so I, so I got up and I, and I thought to myself, right now there is no one in the world who is conscious, <laughs> <laughs> who is going to care for this baby except for me. And then like that thought was the thing that like completely flipped my brain over into being like, I am all in for this. Uh, and, it, and that has not gone away. <laughs> before, you know? before we go to a break, Lucy O'Connell, uh, one last question uh, about, about 
about this question of whether or not people will be good parents, right? We're talking about vasectomies. Mm-hmm. I'm Mark Oppenheimer sitting in for Colin McEnroe. Lucy, in your practice as as a nurse midwife, how much do you encounter that particular discussion of, well, we have one child or we have two, but I just don't think we'd be very good with a third. Like we're good so far, but I think we'd fail or be worse with the next one. Is that a way people talk? Um, I think among women, and I always say this, is like, Women always think they're bad mothers. You never hear a dad say, I think I'm a bad dad. And regardless of how wonderful you are, you know, that is definitely the decision we had, too. And we really decided to lock it up. I got an IUD as well. So I, so we, our, our chance of getting pregnant is almost zero. I've taken it to a professional level. So, um, so really, I think it is. I mean, I think everyone worries if they're going to be a good parent. Are they good parents to their kids? Because let's face it, my kids are always worry. telling telling right. us that we're not good parents. I got I got a handwritten I hate you letter from one of my children just <laughs> exactly. just this morning. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you're honest with yourself, you really don't know how good yeah. a parent you yeah. are. You're just like, well, I, you know, I'm doing the best I can, and my my kid is alive, yeah. and you know, that's... you shepherd them through. <laughs> uh, I'm Mark Alvin. I'm sitting in for Colin McEnroe. We're talking about vasectomies, and we'll continue to right after this break. Now we can make love recreationally Talking about my vasectomy I won't try to impress you with a big shiny car Talking about my vasectomy oh, But I hope to impress you with my little tiny scar Today's show was produced by Mark Oppenheimer, Jonathan McPants, and me, Kyone Wolf. Our intern is Hazel Cologne. The part of Bill Curry was played by Paul Sorvino. Hear all of our past shows at wnpr.org slash or subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn. On tomorrow's show, The Nose takes a long look at the Oscar-nominated ESPN documentary, OJ, Made in America. And now, back to Mark. This is Mark Oppenheimer. I'm sitting in for the vacation in Colin McEnroe in the air chair on The Colin McEnroe Show. We're talking about vasectomies with nurse midwife Lucy O'Connell. Hi, Lucy. Hello. And with (laughs) New Haven Independent Arts Editor Brian Francis Slattery. Hey. And Brian's here because he has had a vasectomy. And Lucy's here because she talks to people about them as a nurse midwife. She counsels people on family planning and birth control. I'm curious, Lucy, does the conversation... um, go differently when you're talking to people who already have four or five or six kids? Do you change how you bring it up? Do you figure like, yeah, they probably need to hear this? Or do you have like one judgment-free spiel that you bring to everyone? I usually start by what are your plans for birth control? And, you know, I have a real range of clients that I see who are happy to have, if they had 12 kids, they would be they would be happy with that. Um and come from big families, and then other people who, who honestly have decided they never want children, and they want to make sure that they're not going going to get pregnant. I mean, I think it depends too, because you have some people who, when you know they, I I always say, okay, so you, you you're deciding to use a less effective birth control, and you know that, and you're willing to take that, and they say, yeah. So if people, it depends on kind of where you are, like. If you got pregnant tomorrow, are you good with that? Right. 
And right. and so I think, you know, just shouldn't be under any illusion that you're that's a possibility. And and do you have people what percentage of your of your clientele don't use any birth control? Just figure and, and is it ideological, is it or religious? Like we actually are against birth control, or are there people who just feel like you know, there's certain things you leave to fate. We're just not interested right. in planning that. I would say a lot of people, I would say the vast majority do. Even people who have large families, like um, we have a large population of Orthodox patients and mm-hmm. they- Orthodox is Jewish. Jewish, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they, definitely child spacing is important. Yeah. So um, there are definitely different methods that we talk about. And then- um, but then, but then there are other people, and I would say people who say they're not using anything are at least using withdrawal. And I talked to you, Mark, about this before. Is that it's actually there is some efficacy to it. It's not going to be your best method, but it's actually fairly close to condoms. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it depends on if you're really good at using it. Um, so I mean, the thing is, is I think, you know, I I think teenagers are the ones who are most likely to get pregnant and the least likely to use something. <laughs> And that's is that because they have trouble having the conversations with each other? I, I or is it just I they think, feel invincible. I think it's it's the invincibility. <laughs> right. They're like, I'm never going to get pregnant. I have I've had unprotected sex before. I'm never getting pregnant. I must be infertile. Right. <laughs> it worked out once. It worked out. Their sense of probability is so terrible. Yeah. Should and be so, fine. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about vasectomies here on the Colin McEnroe Show. I'm Mark Oppenheimer. Don't have a vasectomy. Here with Brian Slattery, who does. Lucy O'Connell, who doesn't, but her husband does. Um, <laughs> We, between us, we have we have family sizes of one child for Brian, two children for Lucy, four children for me. I'm actually curious because this all goes into the decisions of, you know, when do you close down your fertility, right? Um, what's it like being – I don't know what it's like to have one child and I don't remember – I don't remember what it's like to have one child or two children. So I, I think we all live in the eternal present. I was sort of want to go around and Brian, do you I mean, having an only is actually like that's a thing. I think there's not a lot of there well, we'll see in a second, but I feel like there's more identity behind having one than two or three ish, right? I mean, you're an only child guy. Uh yeah. I mean though like I I mean, I have a sister. <laughs> right, that's right. Right. <laughs> you know, who, you know. And we're, 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 I probably, do you think about it though? Do you think about like when Leo was little before he was in school? I think we got to get him around some kids, or do you think, I mean, we always joke as someone who was one of four kids, like whenever you'd meet an only child with a bad personality, you would ascribe it to there being an only child, rightly or wrongly, right? Right. No, no, that's right. So, so for what it's worth, for, for some reason, um, Steph and I have a lot of friends who are only children. Who themselves as yes, are, are grown ups who, who are only children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and part of what made it and you know, when we were thinking about, you know, are we doing our son a disservice, like we actually asked we asked them, you know, we're like, How do you feel about being an only child? Right. You know, and and they all said it was great. They love it, right? Only yeah. children always love that they're yeah, only they children. They all really right. liked it. And and it wasn't like we had to like and we really like them. I mean that they, they you know, each of them are like these wonderful people and they're you know it's the the sort of like the stereotype of the only child is being this like spoiled, you know, super annoying, blah, 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 blah. Like none of them fit that. Mm-hmm. And if anything, like they there's another stereotype that that they do fit, which is that they're sort of like more mature. Mm-hmm. Like what they describe is sort of like being really good at talking to adults from mm-hmm. a really early mm-hmm. age and like sort of skewing upward in the friends that they had and all of that sort of thing. Um, and then they, you know, I said, was that lonely for you as a kid? They're like, no. 
And then they said, you know, then when I, when I became an adult, I was already good at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we thought, well, okay, you know, that's up to us to make sure that we produce that kind of only child. Right, <laughs> right. Know? And what about and, having two kids? And you have two kids, one's a boy, one's a girl. Did you ever think, oh, the family dynamic would be different if we had three, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse? Like, did you have a sense that two was a good number in general? Well, I came from a family of two and my husband also two. And really, when he was 19, he'd kept saying, well, let's have a baker's dozen. And every year I'd say, oh, <laughs> that's one last kid we can have. He wanted 13 children. I don't know. You know, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> Just He's great bunch. with kids. He loves kids. kids. He is great with kids. He um, so then we had my daughter, mm -hmm. and she is a real handful. Mm -hmm. She is wonderful. She and we were like, oh no, we have to wait till she's five. But somehow we got convinced that we could do it again. And by the time she was three and a half, we had my son Ren, and we were convinced the first year he was going to be mild mannered because my husband and I were both pretty mild mannered growing up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anyways, we got all the other genes. In the family. So um, so they're both, we have a boisterous household, and I'm sure, um, Mark, you, your girls are in my, my I, kids' class, and I'm sure they can uh, <laughs> attest to the... <laughs> now everyone knows that I recruit my guests from just, well, like, yeah. my kids' friends' parents. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, which is, which, is, which is an interesting group of people. Do you find, Lucy, that there are misconceptions about, about vasectomies? Misconceptions. Are there, um, yeah, people, like, what are the questions absolutely. people ask? People are, well, people are worried that there's going to be complications. So, so there is a one to two percent risk of complications, and side effects are one to two percent as well. And are well. the complications like your penis falls off? I mean, no, are, no. Your complication is you get an infection or you have um, a bruise that's painful, and then like the basically the side effects would be pain at the incision site. Um, and that's one to two percent of time. And if you look, I mean, they withdrew the male birth control, um, hormonal birth control trials because the side effects were not even close to what women deal with with their side effects, the side effect profile. But they withdrew it. So <laughs> so um, I mean, the thing is, is women birth control can work really well. But for a lot of women, it's there's a lot of side effects that they have to manage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I think that's one of the things. So people wonder about the side effects. What yeah, are there other questions affect, they ask? It, it shouldn't affect sexual performance at all. Mm -hmm. Like there was, <laughs> I was looking this up. There was one reported death in 1992 in Europe. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and and actually, I mean, tubal ligations are their deaths, and birth control pills too. People can have strokes, and not that I'm trying to make people afraid of this, but right. same thing. All I of mean, these things are lower risk than it's pregnancy. Very low, it's, right. Yes, all and of these birth things. control pills are lower risk than pregnancy, than pregnancy, which you can have a stroke, and all sorts of things happen. Right. But it's very exceedingly uncommon. I just want to tell my daughter out there that it's exceedingly <laughs> uncommon. <laughs> I'm, shouldn't your daughter be in school not listening to this show? No, but, yeah, I know, okay. but maybe, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what was the death from, the vasectomy death in Europe? Do we know? It must have been a general anesthesia that went wrong, right? No, it was gangrene. <laughs> it was oh, my God. <laughs> We've just completely undone. It. We've undone we all the work. Yeah. Now, that was 1992. <laughs> that there is a gang. And there's never been a recorded death in the United <laughs> States. <laughs> um, do you, Brian, do you feel that w when you've talked about your vasectomy, as you freely do, um, all the time, do yeah. <laughs> is there ever any judgment from other people? Are there people who feel like that's that's wussy of you, or um, there there can be. I mean, I. I, I mean, I, I should say that, you know, like by my, my it, I think they came up with my family at one point 
And they okay, were sort of. So we have to stop there. I know someone else who's. Um, I have a friend whose parents were really upset by it. I don't know if that's where you were going with it, but I know someone else whose parents was all were yeah, all judging. I wouldn't. I wouldn't describe them as upset so much as I. I think that they were. It, so my my son is the only grandchild. Whoa. Because my sister doesn't have children, and I think that my parents were really hoping for just more grandchildren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when they sort of realized, you know, that that's going to be it, I think that they were they they were they were sad for the grandchildren that they weren't going to have. Why did you tell them? <laughs> this is like I would not tell my parents. I it I, seems like the kind of thing I wouldn't discuss with my. It, I don't know. I it. Again, it came up somehow, and I can't remember how. I it, I, it certainly wasn't my plan. Right. You know, I didn't. I didn't. You know, finish the procedure and then run to the phone or hobble to the phone and <laughs> call my call my parents to tell them what I'd just done. It, it somehow came up at one point, and I I remember them. I remember them being disappointed, and I, of course, I could understand why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Lucy? Do you feel like do you ever have people talk to you when they talk about birth control about well, what will people think? No, and it's that, usually pretty private. I mean, yeah. I think that's the thing is I, I think people um, I think people like I said, I think it's birth control is pretty common. And it's almost been it's so rare that I have a patient who will say I don't use birth control um, and are upset by me even asking the question. And I'll say mm. that's fine. You know, that's your that's your choice. But I I, I don't I don't think people are. Ju- I mean, I certainly have had. I've had. Well, people I guess what who, I mean is, I guess there are people who, in whose communities, the expectations are, for example, that you have a lot of kids. Right. Right. So it's not necessarily that people would know about the vasectomy so much as that they would that stopping at two kids. If, for example, you're an Orthodox Jew or if you're a Mormon, where there's not a commandment, but it's it's culture. It's a cultural norm that you have a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. four, five, six, not necessarily right. ten or twelve. There's a kind of you know, it's 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 risking something. I, right. I mean, I will say that having having one kid, um, my wife and I have learned to, you know, uh, imply that there's something wrong with us, but, you know, because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise we keep getting questions. Well, we as to think, why, we you think know. there's nothing wrong with you. We've been talking about vasectomies. I'm Mark Up, and I was sitting in for Colin McEnroe with Lucy O'Connell and Brian Slattery. Tweet us at WNPR Colin. Check us out on Facebook. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> there is a lot more interest in me. The girls all grin when I walk in And brother, they mean to please A man with a bat Set to me You ought to get a bat Set to me Like a fun-kissed orange I've been squeezed Cause it's all juice And there's no seed with a Bat, set to me You ought to get a bat Set to me